When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Regina George standing atop the stairs looking at her kingdom burn while wearing those bootcut jeans and a thick belt <laughs> is the most early noughties thing that I can ever imagine. <laughs> it's just in my soul and it's yeah. beautiful. You're um, so right. You're so right. <laughs> but yeah, I think it does have staying, like it's it's deliberately got staying power and I think it's clearly succeeded because it's still in common parlance. And bootcut jeans should come back because they're very flattering. Really? Uh, okay. Klein on that one. <laughs> I'll say I'll agree with everything else you said today, apart from Not the boot cut jeans. Fair. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Joining us today remotely, we have Liz. Hello. We have Zach. Hi. And as always, Kobe. Hey. And we're here to review Mean Girls. Thank you, as always, to the mighty people for the mighty, mighty tunes. And thanks to Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. Please do remember to write a review and rate us on Apple Podcasts and anywhere you can do where you listen to the podcast because it really does help us. And you can join in the conversation with us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod and on Instagram at FlixWatcher. Hello, film fans. Joining Flixwatcher remotely today, we have Liz and Zach. If you could please say hello to our listeners, tell them a little bit more about who you are and your podcast, please. Hello, uh, my name is Zachary Fortescom. I'm here with the uh, wonderful and inimitable Liz Campbell, and we uh, hail from uh, Realms of Peril and Glory, which is an actual play podcast uh, launching uh, on the 18th of August. It is the before then now, but I presume will be past then now so presumably lots of wonderful episodes available for you to listen to uh, actual play meaning that we take a game system like dungeons and dragons and we use it to tell improv stories and uh why don't you tell everyone a bit about the current season that is going on liz yeah so i am in the uh first season of realms which is a campaign called veil it's a Comedy mystery trying to avert the apocalypse in a fantasy world of Zach's own brain child creation. Um, And uh, I play a very uh, stressed out city detective trying her best to solve crime. (laughs) How do you kind of come up with a concept and corral people? Are you you into D&D, Zach? Yeah, it is really boomed over lockdown. We found Mm. this a Mm. lot, not just 
with us, it's it's a lot of people are getting into role playing games online now because it is so much easier to access uh, a lot of the information around these games online, and because there's been this huge boom in in streams and shows like Dimension Twenty, Critical Role, uh, people are really getting into the hobby, and uh, I just loved the storytelling potential. You know, I would sit down with friends tell these stories and i thought there was a there was a space in the podcasting market to tell really tight uh but uh, thrilling uh Mm. actual play stories because you you never know which way these things are going to go everyone sits down pretty much equally not knowing what direction they're going to run you know i come prepped with a bunch of notes and if we get through half of them i'm a happy boy (laughs) (laughs) And you're essentially the dungeon master in this. Yeah, in this so I, in the game, I'm the I'm the game master for our first campaign. I run the the game, and uh, we have a, a host of different guest uh, game masters as well. Come on, James Barbarossa, who, if you listen to the Orphans, you'll recognize his voice. We also have Ella Watts uh, as one of our guest GMs, and of course, Maddie Searle, uh, who you'll know from various Rusty Quill projects as well as Prick Willow Papers. Uh, really, really good time. Yeah, well, guys, looking forward to as, as I say, it's the fourth of August, uh, so we wouldn't have we wouldn't have heard it beforehand, uh, but we know a lot of names behind it, uh, so looking forward to it it coming out. But today we're talking about films specifically, and today the film is Mean Girls, which is your choice, Liz. Can you tell us first of all why you chose it, and I'll prepare the countdown timer. <laughs> Um, so why I chose Mean Girls? Uh, first of all, I was staggered that no one else had chosen Mean Girls. <laughs> I know. Um, I know. Finally, <laughs> someone's picked it. We ought to well, have like a bell for these windows. <laughs> well, that's. I mean, I think. I mean, there's there's three reasons I picked it. I think the first is that I just think it's a good film. Um, I think it's it's well made. It's funny. It's real. And I think it stands the test of time. And the second reason is because it has been so iconic that it's. It's so quotable. It's it's so gone into pop culture. Uh, it really, I think, has a significant place in, you know, teen movies going forward. And the third one is uh, more off the wall, but I I just I think it's such a good political story told through the medium of teenage girls' meanness, <laughs> and it's yeah, it's great. I'm really excited to talk about it. <laughs> okay, so timer starts now. Right. Okay, so the plot is Katie Heron is a uh, student played by Lindsay Lohan uh, who grew up in Africa with her zoologist parents and never attended a normal school. At the age of 16, she goes to a normal American school where she befriends the weird artsy kids who inform her of the social order of the school. At the top are the plastics, uh, the queen bee being Regina George, played by Canadian Rachel McAdams. Shout out to our people, Zach. Hey. Um, (laughs) And uh, the weird kids convince Katie that she should infiltrate the plastics and take them down from the inside. Uh, In the process, she uh, loses herself to the seduction of power and status, uh, only to be reminded at the collapse of society why we should probably all be nice to each other and someone gets hit by a bus. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Rachel McCannons gets hit by a bus. Spoiler. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you haven't seen Mean Girls at this point. I mean, what are you doing with your life? (laughs) Where are you, Zach, with Mean Girls? Oh, I love it. I think it's a wonderful film. I've I've loved Mean Girls since the first time I saw it. I, I didn't see it when it first came out, just just missed it but have since caught up on 
you know, Netflix and, and things like that. It's, it's totally hilarious. I love Tina Fey. So I mm-hmm. was, I, I loved it. I do think having watched it this time around, some aspects of it have aged like milk. I do <laughs> think though, most aspects of it uh, have in fact aged like wine. And if you can get past those curdly bits of milk, it's wonderful. Do you want to tell us some of the milky aspects? Yeah, I think, and this is a, thing tina fey does a lot is is i do think some of the racial humor is just left of what we'd consider appropriate nowadays uh and and i think it's because we were in that weird and also some of the sexuality stuff as well with uh with um with uh what's her name janice how she ends up with with a guy at the end despite the whole thing being about it being okay that she's gay um, I th- I always thought that was used as a as a slight against her. Um, I didn't know whether she was she was she was. Well, gay or not. I, I it felt it... like she was. Yes, it was being used as a slight against her. But the whole thing was her like. It felt for me, especially coming, you know, it felt for me that she. The whole thing was like, yes, it's fine to be a lesbian. They were they were they were signaling her as being a lesbian the whole time, like it was very much coded into that character, and I think. The fact that she doesn't end up, it, it, the fact that she doesn't only end, she could have ended the film without that. It is so last minute for no reason in there that she gets with, what? what is his name, Kevin? Is Kevin Nepore. Yeah, Kevin Nepore. The Jew is silent when I sneak in your door, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But I just think I just I just think she could have ended the film without that and it would have been totally acceptable. But they decided to plug that in at the end. And I just don't think it's very good. Liz is gesturing. I have things I don't want to. You guys need to speak first. Um, No, I have. have Go, 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 go. We speak all the time in every episode. So, I mean, I I I understand what you're saying, Zach, and I, I don't totally disagree. I do think that the the point of Janice one mm. of the points of Janice is that she is presented to be um, kind of the mirror image of Regina in that she is somebody who used to be Regina George's best friend, uh, who got screwed over by her, who um, has returned as kind of the anti-Regina. She is the same in many ways. You know, she has the speech about them both being mean girls and they are quite mm. evidently in the film both manipulative, selfish people to a large extent. But I think the point is that the way that she is presented throughout is not meant to be what she necessarily likes it's she has adopted a persona that is the antithesis to the pink plastic of Regina Mm. and I think you can interpret kind of that ending as her realizing it's actually maybe okay to I don't know have a boyfriend Mm. and giggle and kiss on the lawn or whatever and you know you see even at the end her image is softened and stuff again yeah. you know there is oh, also all, a moral to do what you want other, but... don't they? Yeah. Hey, yeah well that's it like now. i just think it's a it's potentially a different message that's coming from her that actually you can you don't have to be either plastic or the angry you know goth rebel you can probably yeah. find something in between that makes you happy <laughs> for sure and i just i do i i do agree with you i just think that it, they there there could have been another way of expressing that without 
taking that strong representation angle away from it. There is a weird kind of no homo element to it that yeah. is also strange because her best friend is Damien, who they always keep making gay jokes about. Yeah. So there is a kind, there is a weirdness. I'm not. And the, but the thing like, is, they fully kiss and go ew, like as a gag, and then moments later she's making out with another guy. You know, like it just. I don't know. For me, I I totally get where you're coming from with that angle, and I do like that. That is something for Janice, but. I just don't think that it, it it felt like you were taking something away from her. I think sometimes extent. when when you when you have a plot point that's crowbarred in right in the last five minutes that's come out of nowhere, you, it, it is jarring. You and you are like, well, where was that at the setup in the first act? It was nothing. There's yeah. nothing there. It wasn't even a, a glance. So I can see why. And it, it's those kind of small hills sometimes you fall on in, in stories. And for me, in this, it's when. Katie's comes. She she spent sixteen years in Africa. I'm like, where's Africa? Which what? you know, Africa, Kobe. Where that yeah. specific yeah. place of Africa? Where have you been? She speaks Swahili. <laughs> and, she refers to it as Africans Africa as well. All, yeah, it's just it's like you know, you know which city, you know which country. Just gives a just yeah. gives a thing, and every every time they just say Africa, I'm like, come on. Um, that's my that's my that's my small small hill I I die on every time that happens and it's the same sure. someone said I spent six months in South America tell us where it is a huge area it doesn't really tell us anything about where maybe you've been maybe they were traveling around you know the zoologists well, you literally follow like the giraffes it's, around oh, so I'm, I'm traveling through America oh, I think that's where? a thing you say <laughs> I think that's a thing <laughs> uh, but it's yeah it's weird but I mean, yeah, traveling around, you say, I've been to Kenya, I went to Ethiopia, I was in South, Af South Africa for, fine, I know even. Uh, sorry, Helen, um, small hill or not? <laughs> I mean, I think it's fair to say that there is a lot of fun, entertaining things here that have stood the test of time and mm. made many a meme. And then there are a few things that probably because there's been a considerable amount of time between and also that... Um, we've probably seen it so many times that these things stick out a little bit more because we're like, hey, I didn't really notice that before. I noticed the fun bits, but now I'm noticing the bits that are a bit iffy. I mean, there's a lot of jokes that rely on sex with teachers and young people, which is going to be my kind of bugbear, yeah. <laughs> which yep. was yuck then, is yuck now, and this was more than one kind of punchline. And again, the groups grouping Asians by type and then them being part of the the underage um punchline is a bit mm. yeah I find that it's it's I like a bit least, problematic. I, I liked at least that they were Vietnamese and it said they're Vietnamese and they spoke uh in Vietnamese. No, <laughs> Asia just... Kobe general and, Asia. Yeah no they were Asian. Yeah I mean the geography in this is you know it's kind of sketchy um likewise. But yeah I mean I like Tina Fey. I think she's great in this. The script is zingy. Um, watching it again this time round, like Rachel McAdams is just brilliant. Like well, again, she can great performances. Make she she's one of the few actresses that can make bad films watchable. Mm. And there's not That's that true. many people that can do that. And in this, she's just way above everyone else in in her acting and it's in it's in her face it's in her eyes like her eyes are that kind of psychotic she play brings everything to it and Lindsay Lohan's just kind of like 
just not even in her league. And it's her acting that's a little bit distracting in that she's like, yeah, it's kind of all right, but you, I could see her being replaced by someone else. It's like, but Rachel McAdams is is so unbelievably mean in this and mm. she's great. So that was what I really enjoyed this time around was just enjoying every bit that she was on the screen and the zingy zinginess of the script. I really like, I mean, Tina Fey is one of my all time greatest, any TV show she's involved in, I'm, I'm watching it, whether she's front and center of it or not, um, is so Kimmy Schmidt, 30 Rock, all divine to me. But I mean, looking at the cast there, Lizzie Kaplan, probably first time I saw her, she's she's great in anything she does now. Um, you go down the list, well, you don't go down the list, it's, you're starting at the top, and Lindsay Lohan's the one that's kind of mainly fallen by the wayside. Um, mm. And that's perhaps, you know, growing up as a child actor, literally throwing you by, throwing you by the wayside, which is a bit of a shame, because this is the kind of film that can put you into the stratosphere if, if people see it. So it's, it's a bit of a shame because she, she did the role that she was supposed to play in this role. She's she's the kind of interesting foil that people play the games. She she's the one that people. She's the tennis ball between Lizzie Kaplan's Janice and and Rachel McAdams' character. She's just the one that's kind of telling the story from both sides, and it's the least kind of interesting part. So uh, I don't know where I'm going with this. Yeah, uh, not, I, she's I, not as good as the others. Um, <laughs> I th I think she she's. It's not necessarily easy to play somebody who's woefully naive one minute then turns into a bit of a bitch and mm. still remains largely sympathetic throughout like i agree she's not you know the surrounding characters are more interesting but i think i think she she does a a solid job and it's a yeah shame that her career kind of ended i do agree she does do a solid job but i do understand what they're saying about the because that is, if played by like an actress at that peak level, like Rachel McAdams, could be that like Shakespearean role almost of taking someone from like super innocence to like that mad villainy of like, mm. and to, to really dig into that. It could be, it could be more than what it is, but what it is, is serviceable. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's fine. I mean, you know, in their defense, there's a considerable age gap between them as well. So, you know, Rachel Adams was what, 25 in this? So everyone was just ludicrously too old to be in high school. <laughs> yeah. I think the, the biggest person wasted for me was Neil Flynn as uh, Katie's dad. Yeah. Because he, he's like a legit, like superb uh, improviser. Mm -hmm. And like half of his lines in Scrubs were improvised by him on the spot and they're all mm. to a T hilarious and he's just not he's just Katie's dad and you know he's fine but I'm just like I want to see I want to see him in more stuff and I thought with him and Tina Fey I'd forgotten he was he was even in it uh, until it came on back on the screen again I just thought oh no it's not it's not that interesting role for you Neil <laughs> definitely could have had a bit more of the at-home life to kind of mm. give Katie a bit more of a character and a bit more of a base and maybe kind of flesh out the background a little bit because I think one of the things that I enjoyed in Booksmart was the fact that you kind of got to see the parents a little bit more and it kind of you the parents had, the, had a personality yeah and it just yeah. it just kind of like you say a bit of a wasted opportunity perhaps considering it was Neil Flynn well I quite liked Amy Poehler in this actually I thought she was oh, quite yeah. fun as oh uh, god uh, amazing always great yeah um 
I just, I do think, you know, I think Katie's character is deliberately a blank slate. Like, I think even, I mean, you know, yeah, I'm on board with Africa as a weird choice, but like in many ways, <laughs> the fact that she has no specific background, no specific, like, you know, she's she's never had a friend. She We don't know anything really about her, her parents. <laughs> she's good at nice. maths. Yeah, she's good at maths. Literally, she's she is good at maths and quite naive and therefore is ripe to become the pawn in the political machinations of all the girls at this school. And I think that's, <laughs> you know, that's the point. Um, if she had too much agency, we wouldn't get to feel the effects of their power plays upon her. Mm. That's a good point. Uh, and yeah, it's, you know, glorious. I'm, I'm going to launch on the rant uh, here, but I do think, I think this is such a interesting movie because it was based off of a nonfiction parenting book mm. That Tina Fey agreed to adapt without really realizing it was a nonfiction parenting book. Yep. She, from it, came out with not just a funny and, you know, tight script, like a, you know, a solid movie, but something that I think is pretty real, you know, as someone who yeah, yeah, at yeah. one point was a teenage girl. Um, <laughs> I think it's it's pretty, pretty on the nose at that. And it's also just like as a as a genre, you don't get a lot of teen movies like this. Um, it's not really a romantic comedy. It's not one of the whole like, oh, we gotta lose our virginity before prom, which was ninety eight percent of the teen movies of the time. Uh, it is basically a political drama about overthrowing a dictator, and it's we should quite- totally just stab Caesar. We should totally just stab Caesar. That's such a good scene. <laughs> it's great. It is great. I feel like she doesn't get enough credit, that mm. actress. And the fact that I am not saying her name because I don't know it goes to show that she doesn't. <laughs> yeah. uh, but she's so excellent. The, uh, the what, God, what is that character? Gretchen, Gretchen Wieners. Yeah, I don't yes. know. Gretchen Wieners, is, she is so good, as is Amanda Seyfried as... Um, mm. The other yeah. one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the really dumb one. Yeah. yeah, the really dumb one. They're bo- they both play such wonderful, like, lieutenants. Oh, my God. So it's, good. It's excellent. It's, it's excellent. The, the scene in the cafeteria, the you can't sit with us, you know, the final mm. breaking point where mm. Regina has, you know, yes, they've made her fat, and yes, body shaming <laughs> doesn't, you know, not great kind of on reflection but i think again the genius of the scene is not that they're just like oh she's fat so everyone hates her now it's that is the thing that has pushed regina to expose the hypocrisy and arbitrariness of her random rules all this on wednesdays we wear pink and we can only put our ponytails up once a week like she can't conform anymore and the like brilliant cracking of just karen and um gretchen wieners of saying you you can't sit with us it's just mwah, mwah. Yeah. That, that is that's the stabbing of caesar oh it's so good it There's is great kissing going on today um <laughs> I, I love this movie i will make out with this movie anytime when, I, I i i didn't know who tina Fey was when i first saw this film otherwise i would have not avoided it like the plague when it first came out because i had hmm. it had almost been reduced as oh it's a 
like you say, it's a romance or it's a it's a chick flick based in a high school. And like I said, there's there's so many layers to it that and I remember telling my friend about it. Oh, what's this film Mean Girls? And he was like, That's a girls' film, isn't it? I was like, I thought so, but it's not. So you should watch it. So I look I love like telling people, yeah, watch it. It's, it's good fun. Um, but it has got heart to it. It's got it's got story. It's got bite to it more, more than heart. It's got really really good kind of bite to it. Political satire bite. And I, I like what you're saying, Liz, about it being a political drama set in a high school essentially mm-hmm. with a kid from Africa, which yeah. is somewhere generic in generic Africa. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Helen, do you want to say anything before we head to the schools? Um, I was going to ask you uh, what's your favourite Mean Girls meme, seen as it has spawned, according to Buzzfeed, ninety three memes um wow it's the really? film that keeps on giving <laughs> uh any standout ones ones for you a nun for gretchen wieners bye <laughs> yes um i i like no last time i was here we spoke about life of brian which is to my memory a film you both enjoyed deeply um and <laughs> we spoke about um you know the uh what have the romans ever done for us as a kind of uh go-to catchphrase of yeah, complaints and last, lack of dogmatism in political discourse. I really like that on Wednesdays we wear pink as a similar kind of thing. This kind of arbitrary following of the, you know, whatever we are told to do in power. I think that that is kind of, you know, these rules that are clearly objectively ridiculous that everyone just cannot question because then, you know, we cannot question greater power. I think on Wednesdays we wear pink. I've seen that used and it's good. I've seen, to be honest, I don't think I've seen or tacked onto many Mean Girls memes, to be honest with you, so I, I might have to abstain from this question. What, what, the, the, what, if... You go, Glenn Coco. <laughs> go, Glenn Coco. Um, the one that is doing the rounds quite a bit at the moment is the So You, so you Agree one, which is uh, can be used to uh, insert your whatever <laughs> message, and then you just can't beat Get In Loser, insert wherever mm. you want to be, um, <laughs> which, you know... Yeah. Getting loser has been a many a time uttered for getting in cars, getting on anywhere. <laughs> getting the, loser. The words "boo you whore." I mean, yeah. how have three three beautiful little words that somehow. <laughs> just, well, and the thing is, these, these these memes in many ways exist beyond mm. Mean Girls. Now, when when like "boo you whore" and "you go Glen Coco." Um, People say them and they, they don't even realize half the time that they're referencing Mean Girls necessarily. Like they just mm. have entered this like stage of being so iconic as to having like almost clouded the, the source material. Shut up, Siri. Almost having clouded the source material uh, that it came from. It's it's really fascinating. Fun fact, when Tina Fey was writing it, she she deliberately didn't use like slang of the time to try and prevent it from dating too badly. Mm. And sadly yeah, I, the clothes have done that. The the image of Regina George standing atop the stairs looking at her kingdom burn while wearing those bootcut jeans and a thick belt <laughs> is the most early naughties thing that I can ever imagine. <laughs> it's just in my soul and it's yeah. beautiful. You're um, so right. You're so right. <laughs> But yeah, I think it does have staying, like it's it's deliberately got staying power and I think it's clearly succeeded because it's still in common parlance. And bootcut jeans should come back because they're very flattering. 
Really? Uh, okay. Playing on that one. <laughs> I'll say I'll agree with everything else you said today, apart from Not the, the blue cut jeans. <laughs> Fair. Well, should we head to the scores? Yeah. I'm Sam Clements, host of the 90 Minutes or Less Film Festival, another podcast in the Stripped Media family, a podcast that celebrates movies under 90 minutes long. Each episode, I'm joined by a special guest who selects a movie to join our prestigious lineup. Past guests have included fellow Stripped Media family members Martin and Sam from Song by Song, and Kobe from Flixwatcher, and Dave from The Wire Stripped. Search for us now on the app you're currently listening to this podcast, or join us at 90minfilmfest.com. Welcome to the Flixwatcher scores. All of our scores are out of five. You may have decimal places if you wish or if you're Kobe. And uh, uh, we will start with you, please, Liz, with your recommendability. Five. Watch the film. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> Zach. Uh, yeah, likewise, I agree. Five. Uh, to be honest, you know, I, I, I think I said I said early on that some bits of this film I think haven't aged super well. Honestly, it does not matter. The bits of this film that are great are phenomenal and outshine anything that is slightly dated uh, in that way. So I, I, every time if someone said, oh, should I watch Mean Girls? Yes, absolutely. Helen? Yeah, I mean, this is top tier teen film in that it kind of even slightly transcends teen film in that the goal isn't to get a guy at the end of it which is what most teen films end up being so yeah, even clueless isn't it yeah yeah so i gave I, I checked back to see so i was fairly ranking and rating my um teen films i gave clueless a five so it's only fair that i should also give this a five yeah research cracky um <laughs> I'm going to go for 4.5. Not quite five for me, but it's, it's up there. It's up there. I think some parts might just be a bit irritating for people. And I think straight white men, gammon on the internet might find it hard build, hard pill to swallow at first, at first glance. And, you know, I can't be bothered to try and persuade them otherwise. So yeah, 4.5. <laughs> uh, repeat being score, Liz. Um, ooh, I'd still say very high. I promise I'm not just trying to swing the scores, but I do... I've, I have seen it many times. I will see it many times. I will happily, <laughs> like, put it on in spare times. It's it's good. Um, 4.5. Zach? I'm not holding back. It's straight up five. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? That the... <laughs> Mean Girls is maybe the most rewatchable film aside from like maybe Jurassic Park. Like there's quota longs at the Prince Charles Cinema. Precisely. Just... Like you you I could watch this film on a loop. You know, so just yeah, 5. Absolutely 5. I'm not holding back. Helen. I uh, I'm not as into Mean Girls as you guys are um i think it's 3.5 for me i've seen it a few times now maybe like three or four um i'm probably not in a rush to go back to it again anytime soon um but yeah the this time rewatching it was was good fun but i'm maybe at, at my i've kind of like topped up my mean girls for a while 
<laughs> yeah, I'm going to go for three. I think I've, this is my second time watching it, and that's that's really, you know, I should have watched it more in in that time. And as long as it's on something like Netflix, I think I will. It'll be an easy, it'll be an easy sell, you know, on a Saturday night when you just want to watch something that's a bit slightly edgy, but also, um, you know, easy to watch. So, yeah, three sounds good. Small screen score, Liz. Four, maybe. I I can't think mm. of any reason why I'd need it bigger, uh, but I would. Now that I've remembered it exists, I would like to go to the Prince Charles and mm. do a quote along. So that is mm. one time where, you know what? I might actually go to the cinema to see this. So I'll I'll go for a four. Zach? That's interesting that you say that. You've kind of talked me around to giving this a slightly lower score. Uh, because I agree with you. I, have, I see no reason for this film to be bigger. But actually... I think a communal experience might add an extra layer to this film. Uh, so I will I will follow suit with you and, and give it a four. Helen? Uh, I don't think a Mean Girls quote along would be something that I'd, I'd want to get into. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, I don't want to get into that. It's a slippery slope. <laughs> uh, I could see why people would want to go to that and I'm sure it would be an absolute riot. But for me, um, I didn't see this at the cinema, or at least I don't remember seeing it at the cinema. No, I can't remember. Um, I think it's it's great for home viewing on your own or, or with some friends or with someone who's never seen it before. Kind of fun. Um, so I'm going to go five. But yeah, if, you, if, if, if you've never seen it before, then I recommend you go and see it at a quote along because it will be wild. <laughs> I think I want to go and see it at Prince Charles Cinema. Um, Shall we go? Shall we organise a little trip? <laughs> let's organise a little trip. And I think, obviously, like I said, the memes kind of passed over me, but I think this is where it can, a film can be elevated. And I remember seeing like Gremlins for the first time with an audience and and Die Hard with an audience, Pitch Perfect with a, a sing-along at Prince Charles. It was just brilliant. And I, I'd, I'd take a gamble with this. I'd take a gamble to go to quite a long mm. with this, because I think like if there's 93 memes and I can't remember one of them, then there's something... I'm missing, and I think I'll get. I'd only get more out of it by going to a quote along. So four engagement score, Liz. I mean five. I really think this is a great movie. I know. <laughs> you don't you yeah. feel guilty. That's, what, that's your score. I just feel like I'm, I'm I'm disregarding the nuances of your rating system. But like, yeah, I think it's really interesting. They've got to stay I'm consistent. They're on here for hundreds of episodes. Mm. We're here for one and done. We can do whatever we want. Burn the system down. <laughs> yeah. <let's> do <laughs> Break that prom queen tiara. Zach, yeah. <laughs> uh, engagement score. Yeah, um, I'm actually going to differ from you on this, Liz. I think this film is one that you can walk away from and have a fairly similar experience or be half paying attention to in many cases and still get quite a lot out of it. Maybe not... 100%, but a good 85 to 90%. So I think I will give it a three on engagement. Helen? Uh, I'm going to give it a solid four. I I think it's uh, 97 minutes. It's a good run time. Doesn't overstay its welcome. And, it, it, you know, there's there's enough kind of happening to, to keep you engaged, but it's not like it's not going to break your brain if you check to see what the name of the actress is who plays Gretchen because you can't remember or you want to find out where she is now. You're not going to, it's not going to 
like have flipped and you won't be able to get back into it. A, a solid four. Yeah, let's go for four. Why not? It sounds. I think to get to get the biting satire from it, biting satire, um, then you need to be somewhat engaged. But also, it's it's an easy watch. Um, that gives us a overall score of four point two eight one two five, which is which is high, which is decent. Yeah, well, it's kind Good of what I expected before getting there. Um, should we head to Twitter, guys? Yeah, yeah. So everyone do follow us on Twitter. If this is your first time listening to Flixwatcher Podcast, we are at Flixwatcher Pod. And do follow us because we put out a little tweet asking for your opinions before we go into the recording. Uh, we've had one before this episode. And they always go something like, we review Mingles with Zach FG and Liz X Campbell from Realms Pod. That's their podcast, by the way. It's at Realms Pod. Have you seen it? Tells your thoughts and a score out of five star for an on-air shout out on Flixwatcher. Uh, we had one response today. Liz, do you want to read it out? It says, uh, considering it's essentially just Heather's light, this is much, much better than it ever deserved to be, thanks to a star-making performance from Lindsay Lohan and a witty script from Tina Fey that has enough bite to set this apart from standard teen movie fare. Four stars. Is it Heather's light? I need to read what's Heather's. I don't think it is. I don't agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> Liam. Yeah, exactly. I, mean, I, I agree with the four stars, but yeah, I'd need to revisit Heather's. I, my my mm. brain seems to think that they're they're a bit different. But four stars, I'm down with them. Yeah. I think there's a lot in Heather's about kind of this, you know, social status and hierarchy mm. in high school. It then the solution is a kind of dark comedy fantasy about murdering people, as opposed to yeah. a succinct, a bit accurate, yeah, dismantling yeah. of a dictatorship. Um, Not every film with girls set in a high school is Heather's and or Mean Girls. <laughs> they can be different things. Uh, and well, both be good. Yes. Both be good. And both be good. And thank you very much, guys, uh, Zach and Liz. Do tell us where we can find Realms Pod uh, online, when it's available, if uh, for, well, where it's available, if you want to listen to it, and say goodbye to everyone who is listening. Yeah, so you can go to whatever podcast app you like and search for Realms of Peril and Glory. It's a brand new actual play podcast, actual play meaning we grab a game system, kind of like Dungeons and Dragons, and we tell really fun, funny stories using that game system. Uh, Liz is a part of our current campaign called Veil, where she plays very bemused uh, police officer on the case. Can you tell us a bit about your wonderful Zongroff? I mean, if you were uh, if you were a police officer in a city where magic was real, yikes, man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a wonderful, Zach set up a wonderful high stakes mystery in this beautiful fantasy world. If you like laughs, there's laughs. If you like a little bit of drama, there's drama. Something for everyone. Do check it out. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us, guys. As Liz said earlier, you have been on before for Life of Brian and for Cabin in the Woods. So if you like their voices, first of all, go to Realms Podcast. Also, you can uh, just dig a bit further down yeah. into our previous episodes and uh, listen to some more of them. If you'd like to see two people fundamentally disagree about two films, a <laughs> yep. better place cannot be found than those two episodes. <laughs> oh, man. I'm glad that you're still friends afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> oh, thank you for having us. Yeah, great. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on. Bye. 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 Enjoyed this episode of Flix Watcher Podcast? Why not leave us a five-star review on iTunes? You can also follow us at Flix Watcher Pod on Twitter and we're at Flix Watcher on Instagram. 
Thanks as always to the mighty people for their mighty, mighty tunes and Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. If you're looking to get your podcast edited as sweet as this, get in touch with Ben and that's Rockwood, R-O-K-K Wood Audio. Tell them Flixwatcher sent you. You just heard a stripped media production. <laughs>